And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we jump into a Wednesday. Gary, good morning. Good morning. Let me take a sip of coffee. You know, I I was thinking that working this shift is really the only shift where you can, you know, as we're starting right now, where I could come on and say, Oh, man, I just didn't sleep well in my sleep shift. You know, I need coffee. I'm tired. You can't get away with that during the day because people just assume everybody can sleep at night. You know, you don't hear that excuse a lot of times. But you can get away with it when you work overnight. Yeah. I can say it's going to be a tough one today because I just didn't, for some reason, and normally I 95% of the time I sleep great, and this is one of those days where it's like, yeah, happens on this shift, right? Everybody yeah. has felt it, and that's mm-hmm. the difference. So, mm-hmm. Let me take a sip of coffee, and I'll be ready to go. Just one? Yeah, well, I've I've drank about a half a cup of it. Yeah? but yeah. All right. But, uh, all right, so where do we start? Mm. I, I, I was, uh, even though I was tired, I was thinking on the way to work. I was still analyzing things. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, and this is, you know, after... You saw, you know, the reaction uh, yesterday to uh, uh, Tucker Carlson and, the, and, and day number one. Mm-hmm. And I started asking myself, and this is something that, that you and I brought up when we found out that Kevin McCarthy was going to give uh, the tape to Tucker Carlson. Mm-hmm. And we said, we believe it's a bad move. And we right. believe it's a bad move because you had already won the partisanship angle on January 6th because of the January 6th committee. Right. If you would have given it to a, uh, if you would have given it to the Wall Street Journal editorial page, if you would have given it to Brett Baer, even if you would have given it to News Nation and CNN, whatever, all made all of it available or all of it to the entire media. Mm-hmm. When you look at what succeeds in bringing things out in this very partisan and tribal society that we live in, you look at what has been effective recently, and it was the way that Elon Musk rode, rolled out the Twitter files. Yeah. These were right. all liberals. Right. The vast, well, they were all liberals. They were all mm-hmm. liberals 
but they were liberals who believe in getting to the truth in journalism, something that has not been the case uh, for the, um, you know, for the mainstream media. And so we always viewed that as a problem. And you saw it yesterday. We believe that if if Republicans are going to roll out something, we believe it is effective when the other side can't answer. Yeah. And we've talked about that. Hmm. Fauci, nobody defending him. That's a successful rollout of facts and information where you can no longer defend the person. And we, as we have stated, one of the reasons is because the emails exist and the text messages exist and the voicemail exists. The goal of Republicans, and again, I'm not saying that they're wrong for bringing these things up. What I'm saying is how they market and present it to the American people. And I was thinking as I came in today, you don't hear the Republicans talking about inflation at all and the things that they're trying to put together in order to go against this administration and their policy on inflation and spending. You don't hear any of that. For, no. the, for the most part, if you're going to go back, Americans were not affected by January 6th, personally. January 6th did not. It doesn't mean you don't bring it up. But when you bring it up, whatever you bring up because of the partisanship of the Democrats, make it slam dunk. And it's not slam dunk. You have Tucker Carlson trying to analyze what happened because of, uh, what's his name, Kuan uh, and Shaman, whatever. And the, the escorting and, and extrapolating that out, and he was immediately criticized for that. There was a riot that day. Everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Now, you may look at it and say, does his defense lawyers have a point for the charges brought against him? But as Andrew McCarthy brought up, well, anything they wanted was exculpatory. And he knew what happened on that day. And he could have asked for that tape in the defense. You know, also, for example, Tucker Carlson left himself open. You know, they still don't know how he got in. Yeah, he admitted how he got in through a broken glass window. But And so you get into the minutia, and I don't want to get into the minutia of all this because the last thing I do is take edited footage on either side and come to a conclusion on it. That's, you know, the, the, the truth will eventually come out in all of that. It's how you market it. You've got inflation, and, and I, it happened today when I was talking to my dad, and my dad was asking about a local restaurant that I used to go to that I hadn't been in a while, and he goes, well, what do they serve now now that they're under new management? I said, let me go online and pick up, you know, see what they have. Now, I really don't go out much. I really don't. I go to the, I go to my coffee shop and I go to the taco place. But I really, I haven't been out probably since, oh, well, not, not around here. In New York, I've gone out, you know, to breakfast and stuff like that. And I grab the menu online. I'm looking at the appetizers. I'm like, $18, $22. These are appetizers. Blew me away how expensive it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, and, and I just tied that all into everything that's going on. And I'm like, if you're going to bring up something from the past, you bring up something that has affected people personally, COVID. You sell COVID. COVID's easy to sell, the investigation of COVID, looking back as to what we did. A million Americans died. Many Americans couldn't see their relatives 
uh, in 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 the hospital, and they lost. And their... everybody's life changed and to a certain extent, permanently, or at least so far, it seems permanent. Well, th- three three years ago this week mm-hmm. is when it really when everything hit the fan, mm-hmm. and and we we know all the effects that it has had, and we know the government overreach, but that affected every single American. January 6th is worth bringing up, and the, the and you added into, as we said yesterday, you added into all the lies that the Democrats put forth. But when you have the advantage politically, as they did with January 6th, by, by not having anything and no say because the Democrats just jumped the shark on it, and Americans knew that it was not a fair process, and that's why it fizzled out and blew up. Well, the last thing you do, what you say is, we're not going to be partisan like they are. Here's how we're going to roll it out. Because we believe the American people want the truth. I saw Kevin McCarthy say yesterday, yesterday, I have no regrets about giving it to Tucker Carlson. We ought to think about it politically. You 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 ought to start thinking about maybe having regrets about it. I believe it was a bad move. Not getting to the truth. I want them to get to the truth. But it is now viewed as political. And the Democrats were pounding on it yesterday, and so were Republicans. Well, the thing is, is that I don't need Tucker Carlson to be the defense lawyer or the chairman of a committee. I don't need him to act in that role. If the Republicans want to take this, and there was some suggestion after they won the midterm in the House that, no, maybe they should move on with the January 6th committee and then they should do it the right way and they should start asking the questions and the first of which is where was security on that day? Exactly. Important questions. You know, because the shaman and the, the you know, and, and a number of people were walking by security guards. They were walking past them. You can see it. What was going on on that day? Why wasn't it set up like it's set up in every major protest situation? Why wasn't it set up ahead of time? Where were they? And I mean, they were totally MIA by comparison to any major protest. And the idea was, remember the media, well, they knew for days this was going to happen. Okay, now I'm even more curious as to where the security was. So... When you talk about this situation, we can all, you know, sit and pick it apart. But Tucker Carlson's not in a position of power. There is nothing that he's going to be able to do and demonstrate. He can he can play whatever he wants to. The problem is he can't play everything. He may be making all these great points. But it's not everything. The one thing with the Twitter files was there was no one in the liberal media coming back going, oh, this is all bogus. Now, they were trying to, uh, with Matt Taibbi and and others, they were trying to make the, uh, uh, and Barry Weiss and all of them, they were trying to make them into this, you know, new conservative look. They're, They're far right wingers now and blah, 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 blah. They were calling people names. But they couldn't debate the facts. No, they couldn't. Nope. And and it was handled in a way that here it is. 
We're going to present it. We're going to put it where everybody and anybody can read through those files. Well, the 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 problem is when you talk about the uh, uh, escorting, and there's been quite a bit of talk on that today that they were undermanned, mm-hmm. and so the last thing they wanted to do if somebody was not violent at that point, you know, you didn't see what was around the corner, you didn't see what was you know you know, uh, you know going on and what was in the minds of those police or those police capital police Mm -hmm. so until you do you can't come to a definitive conclusion which is okay all those capital police were in cahoots to allow them in you can't come what i took from it yeah what i took from it was more of they were undermanned and why wasn't that set up why wasn't security set up in a line in a hard line to keep them from getting in in the first place and the point of, of making that point where where they were where the shaman and others were walking right past capital security is is that you can't do anything by that point you've been overrun how did that happen yeah exactly and and those are the questions you you want answered but you can't come to definitive conclusions and you can't be wrong and when he talked about you know shaman that that you know we don't know how we got in and it just you know walked in and well no he went through somebody broke the glass of a door and went in and then he followed him in mm-hmm. that's what shaman he admitted that he did that well that changes everything at that point mm-hmm. he wasn't charged with domestic terrorism he didn't get a 40-year sentence uh obst- obstruction of 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 congress i think is what they got him for the attempted obstruction of of uh, of, of congress and maybe trespassing or whatever and so he got what three years? I think is is what he got for that. Um, but and but I guess my point is not to discuss the minutia because the last thing I want to do is discuss what def- definitive what, what come to a conclusion with not all the evidence presented in front of me. My I guess my point is the Republicans and how they're promoting it is really my concern. The, right now, right the the last week, I've heard nothing of the Republicans talking about what the American public is actually concerned about right now, and that's dangerous. I'm not saying what they're doing is not right. I'm saying what the major focus, sh- even though I don't think they should have given it to Tucker Carlson, I just don't think that I think that was wrong to do that. Getting to the truth and wanting to show the lies of the January sixth committee to me, is worthwhile, but it's not the major thing on Americans' minds right now. And you're a political party, and your goal is to, number one, as we have said for the Republican Party and conservatives, you don't have to lie. Don't lie. Get always. Bring the facts, because the facts are going to support the things that you actually, uh, you know, what we actually believe in. And the Democrats, you show these are the people that lie, and you can bring it. Look. They lied about COVID. They lied about this. They're lying about this. Even when you look at Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden is not looking in the past. You're not looking in the past with Hunter Biden and the possible influence peddling. You're talking about a current president and influence peddling. So that's not going back. That's looking forward. That's cool. And that's the I'm I'm totally aboard with that. And you can focus on that. And it's relevant all the way up to the document situation, his office at University of Pennsylvania and the balloon situation. But every single time there is information that comes out, as you and I talk about, every single time there's a bit of information that comes out in inflation, they should be talking about it. Republicans should have every single day when, you know, Powell, when he Powell was done uh, uh, yesterday, they it should be a major news item 
we're handling this, but today, and then they keep, every day they bring it up. Powell now wants to raise rates more. This is going to hurt the American people more. This is why this happens. Mm -hmm. And you're hurting every day, and we hear, you know, we hear your cries for, for, for help out there and to stop what's going on, and that's what we're going to do. You've got to talk about the issues that Americans are actually worried about right now and Americans and what affects them and Americans, for the most part, 99.99% of Americans were not affected by January 6th. Mm-hmm. Not that you don't get to the truth of it, but it shouldn't be your major focus. Well, and it can be done in a report and in a way where you can make the evidence available and say, this is the way we're going to do it. We'll, we'll yeah, do a yes. report on it. Um, and we'll, we'll give that report to the media and this is what it's going to show. Uh, we, we know that everything that the, uh, so-called January 6th committee, uh, did was bogus from start to finish. So we're going to issue this report and we're going to put the evidence out there and mm-hmm. we're going to allow the media to review it and do their own take on it. And from there, we're going to go on and we're going to tackle the things that are yep. uh, important and affecting people every single day. Because the problem is, is that even if you thought it was the number one thing and you need to get it behind you as a party, this isn't the way to do it. Yeah. So either way, you've missed the mark. And it's likely time to move on. We got a great show ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE. It's not always easy to spring back from the harsh days of winter to warmer months ahead. From de-icing chemicals to hidden debris underneath snow and ice, winter conditions can do serious damage to your truck. Here's a must-do maintenance check to help you minimize downtime and stay rolling. Inspect your brake hoses, linings, and slack adjusters for any wear and tear. Listen for any air leaks that may have resulted from moisture freezing up in the system. Check slack adjusters for proper stroke and lubrication. And check your brake linings or pads to ensure proper thickness. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carney and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, uh, Red Eye. You know, I was thinking the same thing, you know, uh, if if uh, it's early uh, criticism of both, uh, you know, DeSantis and, and, and Trump is that uh, on DeSantis, for example, there's so much on the wokeness. You got to hit inflation. You know, now he hasn't mm. he's not running yet. and He's known for that. Mm. And I'm not saying, look, the critic, the. The critical race theory and liberal transgender activist movement are huge things to to hit, but it still doesn't affect every American every day. And it's it's affecting more of them, and they're concerned about it, but you've got to be mentioning inflation. Yeah. And then I, I think it was Charles Cook, I think it was Charles Cook on National Review that talked about Trump saying he's killing himself because basically he's saying, uh, only if you're MAGA, support me. I don't want the support of any other Republicans. Well, you're mm. telling independents you don't want it. Right. If you if you yeah. believe you're going to win the presidency based on people that are MAGA mm-hmm. and the rest of the Republican Party you don't want, and you're making that public as that's what he did at CPAC for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. well, you need independents to win. And so, and you need don't, you don't, need the major donors, right. and that's going right. to that turns off major donors. Right. So you don't talk that way. What you talk about is the issues. Forget about the people involved. You've already got the MAGA people there. Well, th- that's the, the thing. The don't draw a line in the sand with right. voters when you're right. trying to get elected. Number one rule: any voters. I'd say if you're a hardcore liberal, I'm, I want to convince you to vote for me. Well, yeah, I don't care exactly. who you are. Right. Exactly. Well, that's. Well, the goal in politics, I believe, is to win. Yeah, get, well, get more people to vote. Well, for the you. Republicans sort of admitted the last midterm it wasn't because <laughs> now they're looking for candidates that are actually electable. That can win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Up till now, they weren't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> hours a night and still not enough listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website red radioshow.com and he is eric carney and i'm gary mcnamara 86690 uh red eye i'm just reading some headlines here full steam ahead for jerome powell the markets tremble this is from the wall street journal the markets mm. tremble but the fed chair knows that uh, he can't let up uh, uh, now. Um, you know, I've got friends who work in the mortgage industry, and they're you know, talking with one of them a couple of days ago, and said, "If they raise it another couple points, we're all we're all we're all gone." Yeah, no, I mean we're, it's we're it, just, it will kill the housing. Yeah. Uh, it's going to uh, really cripple uh, what's going on also with um, the. Uh, the auto market right now, delinquencies and, and what they call yeah. severe delinquencies uh, are at a not an all time high, but they're at a, a very high point right now. Uh, so you've got s- severe delinquency would be 60 days behind. Mm-hmm. And 
when you see that. And and I read something for the first time. They use the word in a few stories, subprime auto loans. I don't know what those are. Because you and I talked about, okay, how long are they going on auto loans? Do they consider something over 60 months or 48 months to be subprime? I don't know what subprime means. No, that's a great point. I mean, because if you say, all right, 96 months, 120 months, whatever it is, is that subprime? I, I don't know. Or are you are they saying that it is above the prime, far above the prime rate, a certain uh, percentage above the prime okay, rate? This doesn't help me. A subprime auto loan is a type of loan used to finance a car purchase that's offered to people <laughs> with low credit scores that doesn't, that doesn't or limited give, credit histories. Well, well, we don't well, okay, need, what's yeah, the loan? Yeah, right? exactly. What does it mean? Because I'd never okay. heard of it before. All right, the average. Okay, the average annual percentage rate for subprime borrowers on a new car. Hmm. Uh, this was as of last year, June of 2022. Hmm. There was 10.87%. Okay, that's a subprime that's what borrower, they, not a subprime subprime loan. Then. Yes, I think it's subprime. Yeah. The average interest rate for a subprime auto loan. That's a great point. If they're subprime borrowers, if it's, it's not it, a... If it's not an actual product being offered, I mean, technically, I guess it is. It's, it's actually the rate being offered, but those rates vary from borrower to borrower. I just want to make sure that, right. you know, when we're classifying things, because we got into that with a mortgage meltdown, uh, things that they didn't cover in, uh, you know, the big short and, and all these other things that, and, and reports that CNN did, they didn't go all the way back to the beginning. They didn't talk about the most important things hanging out there. And that was the government's involvement in it. Right. And, uh, and Fannie and Freddie and the fact that if Fannie and Freddie didn't exist, and weren't buying the bundled mortgages, uh, then you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have what you had in that. But we, you know, we went, we did that for so long. Now when I see something like that, it's like, well, no, that's, is that a product or are you describing the situation that's unique to that borrower? Right. And, and when, and I know because when you said subprime auto loan, I'm like, what? You, you mean the, the, the government is backing bad auto loans and then combining them right. uh, and packaging them together with the implied guarantee of the United States. Right. And then those <laughs> those financial packages are being sold to investors worldwide, and they're all buying them up because it's backed by the United States of America, but it's crap paper. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, these are subprime borrowers. Right. And that's why they call them subprime loans, auto loans. That scared me. In the the average interest rate for a used car. This is sub, uh, June of twenty twenty two, seventeen point two nine percent. That was I'll walk. Yeah, seriously. Uber, Lyft, hitchhike. My God, I because seriously. Yeah. In order to, if you're living in a major metro area, you're going to have to get something that's dependable. To get something that's dependable, you're going to have to spend, I don't know, unless you're a gearhead and you, you know how to do the work on them, 15, 20,000. And I, I'm, that's a, that's a very, that's, that's a risk in and of itself, even at that level, because of the price of cars, how much they have gone up. My oldest granddaughter just got her own car. She spent several thousand on it, but she knows what the car is and what the car isn't. And we helped her shop. We helped her, you know, and and her dad and mom, 
They helped her, and and her dad knows. We've got so many um, actual mechanics, official mechanics in the mm-hmm. in the uh, family. It's not a big deal, but she doesn't have to drive and navigate, and 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 you know, like adults do. I mean, she is an adult. She'll be eighteen here in a wow, in a couple of months. Yeah, uh, and. You know, and she's already graduated high school. She graduated early, and and she's on to college now. But she doesn't have to navigate the freeway because uh, everything right is right there close to her home, her job, and uh, and the college, and everything is right there close to her home. So if you're having to commute at all and put any miles on a car, you're going to have to spend fifteen twenty grand, and then you add seventeen the cost of money to it seventeen percent. The average interest rate for a used car. Uh, as uh, from badcredit.org last mm. June was 17.29% for a used car, 10.87%. like to find out what it is right now. Mm. I, and I, I like this because I, I looked up in Google and then the first question, who qualifies for a subprime loan? At that interest rate, anybody. <laughs> yeah. Walk on in. If your credit score is below 640. Mm. With other negative information in their credit report. Right. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Now, yeah, I saw that article, the the couple of articles yesterday on the uh, auto loan situation. Well, you and, know, what what was going on with Powell here in recent weeks is that he uh, seemed to signal that they weren't going to move past that point two five, that they weren't going to go more aggressive on that. And you had a couple of the other uh, uh, Fed presidents that came back and said, no, we wanted we wanted the last one to be 0.5, and we believe that going forward, the next two need to be at least 0.5 or greater. And then yesterday, and testifying before the Senate Banking Committee, uh, he indicated that it is going to be a more aggressive move. And you had, you know, Elizabeth Warren freaking out. And, and this is... This is how it goes. Historically, you can't get on top of this inflation without the Fed coming in and tanking the economy. That's going to have to happen. And I think the decision is, and and it's always politically driven, but you better get it done and get it out of the way. I think that's what they're thinking is. So if we see 0.75 oh. on the next two, because right now the target rate is uh, 4.5 to 4.75 on the Fed rate right now. And here lately, it's been hovering closer to the top of that. Was there an indication of 0.75? I didn't know. No, he didn't say. He didn't say, but he said more aggressive, which means at least 0.5. But if they go 0.75 on the next two, because you have to think in terms of, all right, what are you what are you trying to do? What you're trying to do is put people on the street. I mean, unemployment needs to go up. First of all, it's not even clear you can do that if you want a full point on on each of your next moves. And the reason is is because they have we have such a shortage of workers right now. And so we may be in that permanent or semi-permanent low unemployment phase for a while. And several an- analysts broke that down recently and I don't know if the Fed can do anything about that, but that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to put people on the street. You're trying to get to a point where companies are laying people off, where the mortgage market is slowing down, where housing is slowing down. Well, it takes uh, when you every time you you build a new home, it takes uh, uh, seven or eight uh, uh, big rigs 
filled with materials to build that average home and and so on and so on and so on. And so it's going to reverberate through the economy, and that's how it works. Historically, that's what's happened. But they have to get to a point, and all analysts are saying they target rate, a Fed target rate of 6% or higher, and you can only do that. If you get two more half points, you're still only going to get to 5.75. That's why I mentioned 0.75, because if they're all saying it has to be at least 6% on the target, then you don't get there with point five uh, in the next I'll, two. I'll ask my question again. How do we ever get into this point? Why can't? And I've asked the question for a long time, and I've read as much as I can, and nobody really ever touches this. Why can't the why can't the rate be market driven? Are the natural flows of of an interest rate being market driven? You know what the overnight rate would be, what banks would actually mm-hmm. take. Mm-hmm. You know, basically a bidding process. Would that be any worse than what we have seen with the Fed over the last decade? I'm asking a. I'm, I'm well, not being sarcastic. I'm asking a question. You know, what is the worst? That, well, the things could. Well, things are bad now. I mean, we're having inflation. You know, we we're having inflation. We saw what happened back in the seventies. We're seeing this now, and. I'm always being told that, well, no, the, uh, the, the, the Fed does the interest rate and they all get together and do it so uh, they can, uh, you know, keep the, uh, you know, inflation under 2%. Mm. Mm. And, you know, and, and, well, really it didn't work out well in the 70s and it's not working out well now. I think right now there were too many factors that were driven by the massive amounts of of dollars the massive amount of dollars that we spent that drove a number of things we were getting to the point of aging out the workforce that was happening yeah. and then and then you throw in it was it really is the perfect storm and my concern is because let's say mar- uh, monetary policy really was going to be turned over to the free market and it was going to be all right look a, a bidding you know a situation and and uh qualifying uh, you know, at, at the organic level with, with, uh, individual borrowers and lenders and, and what they qualify it, it, for. And there is some of that to a certain extent, but you're not going to get far below prime, uh, rate, uh, no matter how much, uh, you work at it and how good your credit score is. But it really is the fiscal policy that the, the, the Fed can't get ahead of. And the fiscal policy has just been insane. And you mean you, their fiscal policy? They're, they're, they have monetary policy, the fiscal policy in Congress. Oh, okay, okay. The, the borrowing, the, the borrowing of the, yes, right, the borrowing yes. of money. Yeah, well, they I thought, control I, I, I thought when you went fiscal policy, I thought you were talking about the Fed buying its own debt. No. Because how the hell did we ever get into that? How did we ever get into, how the hell did we ever get to the point? How could it ever be permissible for us to print money to buy our own damn debt? Yeah. Uh, well, it's not, you know, the, that's the thing is that, that it really becomes a shell game. You know, you're, you're making it seem like things are, are great and wonderful, but there is so much manipulation and that, and, that you yeah. can't get ahead of it. And, and there, and we haven't seen this kind of, of, uh, just it, it, it really letting go of the reins when it comes to fiscal policy and the spending during COVID. And Larry Summers said it. 
if you pass this one, this one bill is going to send us, it's going to catapult us into inflation that's going to be so hot you won't be able to manage it. And here we are. And that's been the case now for a while. And the Democrats didn't give a damn. They don't care. And 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 Elizabeth Warren is still screaming at Jer- uh, Jerome Powell going after him uh, yesterday. Uh, you know, how dare you uh, do this to manipulate the economy? Are you kidding me? <laughs> if they had the votes in the Senate and the House, I don't know how bad it would be right now. Yeah, they they would be spending trillions more. Yes. No if doubt. They, they have the ability to do so. No doubt. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Check out all the latest in news, events, trucking information, and podcasts. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE, uh, uh, if you would like to get in. So, yeah, uh, here's actually what he uh, said. The latest economic data, this is Paul, a Fed chair, latest economic data have come in uh, stronger than expected, which suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates is likely to be higher than previously anticipated. If the totality of the data were to indicate that faster tightening is warranted, we would be prepared to increase the pace of rate hikes. In other words, the Fed could go higher and faster than it has already telegraphed. So, well, we'll see what happens. You know, again, they, you know, when they did the .25 last time, there was criticism saying not, you know, not going to cut it. They're not taking inflation seriously. Right, yeah. But uh, it's just a... It's just a cluster. I just, you know, I, I go back to 2012 when Romney was saying, and everybody was agreeing, uh, the Chinese are manipulating their currency. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we are too. We have been for decades. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, 86690-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and you can listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight to one of our great radio stations, and carry us hundreds upon hundreds of our great radio station affiliates, and we thank them. Thank you for listening. We thank them for entrusting us. And the fact that uh, they never have to call the station at 3 in the morning. Going, what the Because heck? we turned their phones off. Because we're, because we're responsible human beings. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, hey, we'll go with that. I didn't hear this. I just saw this. I just saw this. Uh, Alan gave me the Washington Examiner article. Why didn't this get more publicity yesterday? Because I didn't see it till you know we right before we started the show. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced that he will join Republicans in backing a resolution to overturn a controversial Washington D.C. crime law. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. Republicans sought to put Democrats in the hot seat with the resolution, but last week President Joe Biden came out in support, rankling some within his own party and seemingly prompting the Council of the District of Columbia's chairman to withdraw the crime bill. I'm going to vote yes. It was a close question, but on balance, I'm voting yes, Schumer told reporters without elaborating. I think it was coming in to help save face for the White House. Yeah. Clearly, yep. and uh, you know, for the councilman to come in and withdraw the uh, the bill. Here's the thing: what he said after that was, or toward the end of that, when he withdrew the bill, was interesting. We're going to rework it and then reintroduce it down the road. <laughs> you mean after November of twenty four? <laughs> you mean maybe Christmas of twenty four? <laughs> A little Christmas bill for your constituents there. Yeah. yeah. So this blows the whole statehood and home rule. Yeah. Well, we're that's, for we're that's for over. we're for statehood, and that question was asked to Kareem Jean Pierre, and she mm. really couldn't answer it. No. Well, wait a minute. If the president's for statehood mm. and home rule, right? But he doesn't like what they put forth. Therefore, he is saying to heck with. Home rule, right? It means he really doesn't want statehood unless they agree with him. Well, right. he's always been for statehood, or whatever. He's a hypocrite, and so is Schumer on it. Yep, they know they got burned with defund the police. Yep, they got burned big time, as we told them they would. Think about how what, what kind of delusional thinking? Well, defund the police. Well, okay, well. We can have social workers that will, when there's domestic calls, will send the social worker, the unarmed social worker, to domestic calls. Because police aren't psychiatrists. And when you have a domestic dispute going on, psychiatrists are yeah. trained to resolve that type of situation. Uh, when alcohol and drugs are involved in it? Hmm. I mean, it's just, I mean, it It just was so stupid at the time. And here we, you know, we're coming, we're really coming upon the anniversary, the, th- the you know, we're coming upon this, this week is when things started really shutting down for COVID three years ago. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then you come to the summer of 2020, that's when to fund the police hit. That's when the whole Black Lives Matter lies happened. Yep. Everything, you yeah. think about it, everything now is, is, is sort of like three years old. Yeah. The, the third year of everything now right. that is really hurting the Democrats. 
that yeah, yeah. think think about this because you had on all these issues companies were behind the democrats sports leagues were behind the democrats on everything that they were saying from covid to defund the police to the lies of black lives matter everything 3 years ago the liberal blue wall of intimidation the tsunami the liberal yeah. tsunami of intimidation was rolling over everybody and really the only people that stood up to it was conservative talk radio Probably the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, yeah, Washington Examiner, National Review, and by the way, the Wall Street or when I say the Wall Street Journal, Wall Street Journal editorial page, not necessarily the news division of it, right. but the editorial yeah, yeah. Uh, division. Got to make it. that clear. The only ones really, and you tell me who else was standing up uh, for it. You know, you you think about, it, but it's just interesting that it's all about three years old that year of 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 2020 when that tsunami wave of intimidation was being used uh, and on critical race theory the liberal transgender activist movement to fund the you know defund the police black lives matter lies about systemic racism throughout all police departments and the 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 number of COVID lies that existed out there for the length of time that they did, yeah, um, you know, and one by one they're having to walk everything back over and over again. This is worse than Obama's apology tour. <laughs> it's going on longer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and he was apologizing for. Republicans existing, I guess. <laughs> but they're they're having to look at how many things they're having to walk back and eat. I would love, love to be a fly on the wall in a liberal media newsroom. I just want to hear the conversation. Well, I think it's it's my you know, I, I don't think it would surprise us because I think it's political activism more than it's any type of, you know, uh, you know, conscience pondering of whether they're being journalists or mm-hmm. not. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really do. It's it's political activism. They don't yeah. care. What you see is they don't care that they were wrong on defund the police. They don't care. You know, and now they're taking, you know, Schumer's jumping on this now, you know, Biden now jumping his law and order. They're not. As soon as no, they no, as soon as they would no. get in power again, they would do the exact same things same things again. Everything that Biden is doing now, even on the border. You know, when mm-hmm. the the, the uh, I don't know what happened to that executive order. I don't know where that's gone. The one that that uh, I don't know if it's gone through or whether it was proposed or what that they were that uh uh, Basically going back to the wait in Mexico thing. Wait in Mexico thing, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's simply because election time is coming up, and now they're completely and totally panicking. And now, what are you talking about to fund the police? Nobody wants to defund the police. Mm-hmm. We support the police. We support the police. Yeah, and, and I guess that's my point with the liberal media, is that the liberal media was able to carry so much water for them because they could work with things that they were given. With this White House... You don't know what's going to happen on any given day. You're trying to make things spin in a way that you've done for years as as liberal activists pretending to be journalists. But you can't do that here. 
You get burned at every turn with this president, with this White House, over and over again. And they're having to walk back things, you know, I mean, I, I don't I don't know what they haven't botched. Tell me something Biden hasn't botched. Tell me something, any major issue, anything that he hasn't, that they haven't had to spin and keep spinning. I mean, it's like they've got all these plates that they've balanced and they're spinning and they're just having to go back to them because they're not going away. The balloon thing isn't going away. No, it's not. They're still asking questions on the balloon thing. No, and, it, it's, and, and, and the, the media is not forgetting either. Right. Because now where Biden said last week that he's going to East Palestine. Oh, my gosh. And, and, and now it's like, well, when is he going to go? Well, there's nothing on the schedule that says he's going to. But he said he was going to go. Right. Well, he plans on going uh, after after uh, the election of 2024, Christmas right. of 2024, right, exactly. everything's going to be done the week December before Christmas of 24, yeah. in 2024. I mean, it's just, and and it's like, and now, because, and that's the thing. I think that 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 the, lib, the liberal media may drop that because they realize that now if he goes, it's going to work against him. Mm-hmm. But they did this week as of yet. That question's still been asked. You know, this week, especially when he came out and said, I'm going to go. Now, maybe they'll stick with it because maybe they, maybe they feel betrayed, the mainstream media, over the fact that, you know, Biden uh, screwed over. Because that's really the thing. Politically, that's the thing. Which way the issue went, I don't think Democrats cared. Because, you know, the, the, the Democrats were voting. And this, by the way, is from the, uh, the, the anonymous Democrats mm. who have who have come forward, yeah. and they said many of them weren't going to vote. They were just doing it to support the White House. Right? They weren't going to vote that way. Right? They were going to f- vote for law and order. Yeah. But if the White right. House was going right. to do it, and the White House has indicated to Democrats that, so they all feel screwed over. Well, yeah, the right. leftist media also feels screwed over by it. Yep, that's my point, is that and they've so, got to be looking at all this going, oh, my gosh. We're trying to do what we do, and you won't let us. Yeah. Biden keeps getting in his own way. And I, I, I don't mean doing the wrong thing as in he's doing the things that are liberal that I disagree with, that I believe are bad for this nation, I mean, he's doing bizarre moves that nobody sees coming. Well, you know, the other thing is there's commercials coming out, I think, in uh, uh, Republican organizations are putting it out mm. about Medicare Advantage, where Biden is yeah. taking, was it 800, was it 300 billion, 800 billion, or whatever it was? Yeah, I thought it was 800 billion. 800 but... billion out of Medicare Advantage for his all his pet projects, right. which means Medicare Advantage is going to go up in price. Right. And so as he's sitting there saying, protect it. And Democrats have to be horrified oh over that gosh. one because oh Republicans are going to be pounding the ads. And then maybe not so much about how his plan to shore up Medicare. You saw that one that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's officially going to announce it today to shore up Medicare. But what he's going to say is he's going to increase taxes. It's not going to be self-funded anymore. Right. You know, you're going to you're going to have to raise taxes to do it. Three hundred and seven billion. Yeah. Three hundred and seven billion. Mm-hmm. OK. Uh, and and so he's saying, I'm going to shore up Medicare, but it's not shoring up Medicare. It changes everything. It's no longer 
basically a medical insurance plan. I think it was the Wall Street Journal that said, well, there goes there goes expanding Medicare under 65 years of age. Yeah, because, exactly. Just because of the co- the cost and what you would have to do and and, and what they're going to have to raise taxes to, you know, what Biden plans on raising. Ta- and, of course, it's all supposed to go to the rich. But as the Wall Street Journal pointed out, none of these things that, you know, it, they're actually going to take an Obamacare tax and expand it. Yeah. Well, that's what he wants to do. Mm. Congress would have to vote on it. I don't think Congress is going to approve it. Yeah, and and uh, uh, according to the CBO report, three hundred and seven billion to go to green energy products, a uh, uh, project. So this is not medic. You know, they went from Medicare for all to some Medicare for some to less Medicare for some right. to. Green projects for all. <laughs> <laughs> and and also and also they're pointing out too, they're gonna to point out that you're not gonna be you know, Alzheimer's drugs mm. now. Yeah, they don't, they don't wish to cover. Right. You know, now because of the cat look, there's a pro- economics you can't change economics. How many times have we've said it? Democrats believe they can, they can't. Well, we're gonna cap the prices, which means there's gonna be some prescriptions that won't be available that won't to be you. available and then they're going to scream at the the uh the the pharmaceutical companies who will say yeah but you're telling us we can't make a profit on this drug all after right. all the, the research and development costs that we put into it you can't force them to make it you right. can't force them to take a loss on it not going to happen yeah. so but uh the the fact of the 300 billion for green energy projects taking mm-hmm. out a medicare advantage mm-hmm is not going to make people happy at all. No. If they see their bills go up because no. of it. No. 86690 red eye. Least owner operators should be aware of four common revenue myths lest you fall into the trap of mistaking revenue for profit. Myth 1. Concentrate on increasing revenue because costs will take care of themselves. This is not true as costs are fundamental to the profit equation and the area where owners exert the most control to improve. Myth 2. More revenue per mile is the answer to all problems. Though carrier pay packages differ in structure, revenue per mile really doesn't change much from company to company. But there can be a big difference in miles, overall gross revenue, reimbursements, and fees. Myth 3. All you have to do to be successful is run a lot of miles. In reality, revenue is only half of the profit equation. Costs are the other half. It's possible to generate a lot of revenue, yet spend a dollar ten to make every dollar. Myth 4. You can tell how well you're doing by the size of your settlement check. The settlement check is only a part of the success picture. Miles driven, loads hauled, conditions, mechanical problems, time off, and especially costs all have to be considered. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. I just came upon this article. A new survey from the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression reveals professors are shutting their mouths and biting their tongues out of fear of being canceled. 
in their newly released report, The Academic Mind of 2022, surveyed 1,500 professors from colleges and universities across the country. The results show mass self-censorship and a widespread fear that saying the wrong thing could cost them their reputations or even their jobs. I've been defending free speech on campus for 22 years now, and it was clear that things have been getting much worse over the past couple of years, said the president of that organization. But looking at these numbers, it's even worse than I thought. More than half, 52% of professors reported being afraid of losing their jobs or reputations because someone misunderstands something they said or did, takes it out of context, or posts something from their past online. Some 72% of faculty members, which is, you know, point zero 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 one percent of actual college faculty members. Uh, no, 72% of conservative faculty members, 56% of moderates felt this way. 40% of liberal faculty members did. And the rest are just... The, the the 60% of other liberal professors are the insane ones. Yeah, right. <laughs> Roughly one-third said they often feel that they cannot express their opinions because of how students, colleagues, or school administration might respond. I have, sure. a, I have yeah. a suggestion for these professors. Yeah. Talk radio. I'm telling you, aren't you glad you're in talk radio? Seriously. Well, it's you just, know, I mean, I, I do wonder about that because I know a number of people that, went through you know the their college years and a few of them that went to college a little bit later in life and and they were like okay i don't think like anybody else in this class and i certainly don't think like my professor uh or professors and many of the professors were around the same age and so they were like you know you you feel like you really can't push back at all that your grades would suffer if you did. So it's no surprise that professors, some professors know they can't speak out. Imagine, though, if they all did Uh, all at once. I'd love that. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.
Call and join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. When you think about it, you know, when you, you this uh, this uh, story that I was reading, that, that the poll was done, uh, Ricky Schlott at uh, uh, New York Post wrote the article, more than half of college professors bite their tongues over cancel culture fears. 11% said that they have been disciplined. Wow. Yeah. It's one in mm. seven professors. Mm. They've been... Um, 11% of faculty members say they've been disciplined or threatened with discipline by administrators for what they taught in the classroom. An additional 4% were threatened or punished for research, academic talks, or work in non-academic publications. <laughs> the funny thing is, I mean, it's like, every, I guess everybody can be in their own bubble, and you know what bubble we're in? I mean, we mm. know this all happens, and we cover this, and we understand it, but we're like in the bubble of free speech. We really yeah. are. Yeah. You know, I, I think about my entire, uh, I've never been told not to say an opinion that I've held mm. on the air. Never, mm. never been told, don't say that anymore, ever. No. No. And the majority of companies that I worked for probably had liberal management. Yeah. More liberal management. Mm-hmm. But they understand the product of talk radio. Mm-hmm. They understand, you know, they understand it. And so, and we work, we worked for Disney. How long did we work for Disney for? Like, I worked I, I, for them for eleven years. Was that to what? Like two thousand seven, two thousand eight? When did they leave? Uh, I don't remember what year. Yeah, I don't think that I got. Was I don't think I. I it thought, was. It w- yeah. would have been two thousand. Would have been two thousand seven. Um, okay. Uh, two thousand eight, somewhere okay. in there. Yeah, because I didn't. I never got. Two thousand eight. I, I think. didn't get my tenure pin with Disney. Oh, it was eight years. Mm-hmm. I know it based on my pension. Yeah, I got a 10-year pen, and then I got a, a an 11-year yeah. letter and plaque. Yeah, I got a, I got a Pluto pin that mm-hmm. they gave to me on the air. Here's your Pluto mm-hmm. pin. And I went, wow, goofy. They go, no, it's Pluto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I got but, the 10-year Mickey pen. Mickey pen? Is it a Mickey pen? <laughs> I came and, across it recently. And... In a box. You know, and I, I guess when you when you think about it, as I'm doing right now, you know, I, and I don't think about it much, but when you actually sit down and think about it, what a rare thing this is right now in our society. I mean, there's, there's no fear. There's none. Mm-hmm. Now, in 2020, we felt the liberal wave of it, of of intimidation coming down. It was the most that that I have ever felt throughout an industry, the broadcasting industry, but it didn't affect us. Right. Yeah. You know, it didn't, it didn't yeah. get down to where we felt we couldn't say something exactly what we felt on the air. And I don't, we would have anyway, but that never happened, but we would have anyway. And that's what we do. Right. And, uh, and as you and I've said many times, we're just too, <laughs> even, even if we had compromised earlier in our careers, which we didn't, but even if we did, we're just too old now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, we're just, yeah. we're just, we're just too old. But I, and, and you just, you think about it. Cause when I, when I was reading this article, I went, wow. I mean, just 20 years ago, you know, it was all about free speech in colleges. It was about all ideas being thrown in. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting that, uh, what was it? The, uh, Austin college. 
here in in uh, in Texas is actually mm-hmm. having we talk we talk the forbidden the forbidden classes we have the we talk the forbidden topics mm-hmm. like no what do you mean forbidden topics with adults what do you, <laughs> you can't talk about this is it pornography uh, no it's uh, just uh, an issue oh no 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 pornography you can talk about in kindergarten <laughs> You just can't have a differing opinion of the left on pornography as an adult. You, you just can't <laughs> you speak begin. out against it. You can't ask them to remove the books so that so that your five-year-old can't read them. It's it's and, um it's pretty insane right now. Yeah, but I, you know it is. It's <laughs> I don't. It's there's there's honestly there's only so far that it can go. And and the the difference is not conservatives versus liberals or conservative governor coming in saying okay um, uh, you know we're not going to allow our uh, state schools to do this or we're not going to allow that. It really is about the next generation of students that will mm-hmm. either tolerate it or not. And the fact of the matter is, and it's not that they're more conservative or, uh, you know, more liberal or less liberal or any of that. It is about, okay, I'm sorry, why am I here? What am I, what am I doing in this class? And I'm seeing quite a bit of that. And, and it's, I don't, you know, I want to get through it. They, they, they believe many of them believe. And, and it's really interesting. I saw something that was, um, part of a documentary but it, it talked about how they can find and and i think we covered some of this uh recently with one story on the show they believe that they that there are if they need to learn something they can google it well what drives you know the biggest driver there is that if i want to find something out i can i can do it now do i need a translator my phone has a translator. I can hold my phone up and have them speak into my phone and understand what they're saying. I don't need to take a language class. I don't need to take, I don't need to take any classes. Google will tell me everything. And, and those are the, that's, and so when you have that mindset, the mindset is, can, am I going to sit in this class and all of these classes collectively for four years, four years, you want me here? I've got it in the palm of my hand. I can Google. Well, the answers may be there, and you may be looking them up, but you're not retaining them because we have more ignorance on basic issues than probably we have had in the history of this in modern times in this country. But that's that's the whole point is not you know what you're going to learn because. College it's hasn't pa- been about learning. It's for about a long passing tests. No, it's about time spent. Oh, okay. I don't want to spend four years here. Show me something. I I want to feel like I'm getting that, and it really does come down to that well, uh, instant response, instant gratification, whatever it is. I, I think that as colleges become more radical and try to shut you down, though, that's one of the reasons I believe that. Uh, College shouldn't be free. Right. 
because oh, yeah. because if you pay for it, then there's an expectation of you want the product delivered to you. I know that's what happened in my life, and I, and I mm-hmm. mentioned it last week very briefly. I said even as a senior in high school, I remember I got they the my physics teacher, and I did. I had a cheat sheet. I forgot where it was, but I had a cheat sheet, and he he suspected I was cheating and told me after I took the test. Mm-hmm. I didn't cheat after that just because I, I didn't want to get caught. Mm-hmm. But he said, if I catch you, you know, this will affect college and everything else. And then just a year later, I was in college and uh, paying for it. And I'm demanding that the, you know, the, the teachers explain things better. You know, I, as soon as I started paying for it, I, I, there was an expectation that I just, I wasn't paying for grades. I was paying for the product of actually learning it. Well, and, and we've and, talked about how the employers, if we were to have free college, uh, that how employers would look at that and then, you know, the degradation of yeah. the value of a college degree from the employer's side. But there would also be that perspective from the student's side. A few of them would see it and say, okay, well, I'm going to go and, and, and yeah, it's great that it's free. But very quickly, they would look at it and say, yeah, but it's not worth anything. And not right. because employers were setting that value or lowering that value. They would realize, well, wait a minute. Um, it's free. It's, it's not, it's not really a value here if it's free. There, there isn't anything that, uh, that I can't do outside of this classroom on my own. I think you would have a very, I, a much lower attendance in terms of college if I, that happens. I, I'm also, I, I guess that's absolutely true. I was sort of looking at the point, though, if I'm paying money and I walk in. Because, look, kids aren't dumb. They know when they're being BSed. Mm-hmm. Do I think yeah, that's, that's my whole point. Yeah, yeah. Do, I, do I think the kids really believe in college that you can be a – that the, the majority of college students – believe that you can be a woman if you're a man biological man you could be a woman because you say so no but they are paying their money to be intimidated and to be brainwashed and they know it there is no value exactly if it's free i'll put up with it well when you're paying for it it's a whole different ball game yeah i i think I think even uh, a number of them would would think that if it's free, they don't have to sit there. That if it's free, it's really not worth sitting through anyway. Yeah, that's true. That it doesn't have that. I think that eventually is where it would go. And I think you're going to see a a number of things, you know, uh, going talking to my granddaughters. um, The oldest is going to go into uh, dentistry. And she said, look, this is something that, you know, that I've always, you know, been fascinated by. And, and this is something that I want to study and, and everything else. And I know that this field pays this amount and that there are always jobs in this field. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of thinking through, you know, toward the end. And I think you're I think you're seeing that by more and more generations. And it's not just the Mike Rose of the world. I think Mike Rowe recognized something that a lot of it is, as you mentioned, kids aren't stupid. They look at it and say, okay, where, where am I going to go with this? What, what is that piece of paper gonna do for me? What am I actually going to learn that I can take out there and someone's going to pay me for? 
And I think that's really more and more. No, what you're, you're I mean, you're making a great point because it's not just money. It's also time. Right. Yeah. It's time. If you're if you're wasting your time. Right. You exactly you know, a, a, not all, but a significant portion of young people will know you're wasting my time on right. this, too. And if it's time and money, yeah, <laughs> you know, combined, then that also helps change. But I, I just find it I've we live in a very we live in interesting times when the radicals are the ones that are intimidating people to shut up and the people they're trying to shut up are not radicals. Right. What we preach on the air is in no way radical at all. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the basics of the issues of where the Republican Party stands for and conservative stands for. None of them are radical. We've talked about Donald Trump, whether you hate him or love him, mm-hmm. on the actual issues overall he has been in the mainstream of politics over the last hundred years mm-hmm. in this country as to what he he feels. And the real radicalism is a small group of people that have overtaken a political party, the Democratic Party, with pure insanity. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have people like that were avowed liberals. You know, whether you look at Jonathan Turley, whether you look at Bill Maher, whether you look at Russell Brand, you see these people, you know, they're they're all starting to move in a particular direction. They haven't embraced being a conservative, but they all know what the problem is and the absolute insanity of the left, which is now becoming mainstream. They see it. Mm -hmm. If they see it, a heck of a lot of other people do, too. They're just like these professors, too intimidated to challenge it. Right. It'll cost me my job. Right. That can only last for so yeah. long. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. But it's really, I mean, I just find in our society we're at a fascinating point where the radicals that are still a minority, if you actually take where they stand on the issues, if you take, for example, Trump out of it, (laughs) you always have to take Trump out of it, Mm. you just ask people on the issues. If Trump supports it, you've got a ton of independence. Well, I'm not for it. If you just state the issue itself... All the issues that Republicans and conservatives believe in, all the major issues that they believe in, have overwhelming support from the public. Yeah. But it's the radicals, I mean, the the mind-boggling radicals that are peddling delusions that really are the ones that aren't afraid to speak. Yeah. And the people that have common sense solutions to the issues or common sense opinions on the issues are the ones that are afraid to speak. Mm-hmm. That's where we are right now. Yeah, right. And and that can only that can only last for so long. It is intimidating mm-hmm. when it is your livelihood. Uh, and 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 you know that situation uh, it, it plays out in a number of areas, not just with college professors, but a number of people I'm sure in the workplace feel like that they can't speak their opinion. Uh, for being punished, but that's only going to last for so long. I think we're seeing the turnaround start.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our app today, our Red Eye Radio app, and you can listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. So, you yeah. and I have talked about, because this is a discussion we've had many times, uh, <laughs> wow, since I've been a talk show host, the influence of the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And even as recently as a year ago, you know, we would get people calling us and saying, well, you can't, we, you can't beat the media. The media controls everything, and you can never get the word out. And we said, well, that's inaccurate. You know, the, it was much more tightly controlled, the media, uh, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Than, it, than it is uh, now. The Internet has changed everything. The majority of people do not get their news from their local newspaper or the nightly news. They get it from Red Eye Radio. Exactly. They all stay up overnight early, listen, you know, to the app. That's right. The day. Uh, they, they get it from a, a number of different sources out there. Well, when I go back, you know, when I go back, uh, you know, 30 years ago, talk radio was in its infancy. 40 years ago, it really didn't exist. Mm-hmm modern talk radio the way that it is today. So that's one of the differences. But the Internet, as we all know, has changed everything because people go, the people don't wait for news anymore. You know, right. It's like I think the dumbest thing is is when they the weather person will sit there at the beginning of a cast, well, we have some interesting weather coming here today, and we'll tell you about it after news and sports. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, well, really? What's the weather? You know, you said interesting what. You go to the internet. You go to your phone. You find out what the weather is. You don't have to watch them in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've always I laugh at that now that they're still using that type of thing, teasing where all you're doing is teasing people to go to their smartphones. Your and, kids could be in danger before eight p.m. tonight. We'll have the story at ten. <laughs> yes. And so you can't hide it anymore. And we talk about the lab leak, the lab leak theory. Mm-hmm. What did the public think even before um, what happened uh, last week when the Department of Energy came out? According to the latest Rasmussen Report survey, most in the U.S. show that they have been dismissive of claims from the media and the Biden administration about the virus, masks, and how it started. On the leak, 67% say they already believed it came from the Wuhan lab. A claim made in the early days of the crisis uh, by Trump, Tom Cotton, but dismissed by the media as a racist conspiracy theory. Just 20% of the public said they were surprised when the an energy department and, FB, and the FBI said the, the lab leak was the likely source of the virus. Only 20%. Hmm. The vast majority of the public already believed it. Even though the masses 
of mainstream media were promoting for the last three years that it was a racist conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Nobody bought it. Well, maybe the opinion that was being held was the John Stewart opinion by many people. Yeah, right. On the masks, 49% said that they already believed that they did not work before the recent reports that masks were ineffective. 35% said they were surprised. Mm. 65% suspected that U.S. officials were involved in the cover-up to hide China's role in the pandemic. Here's the next question you asked that 65% of Americans. Yeah. Why do you think they covered it up? That would be the question, right? You think the Biden administration and U.S. officials covered up because it wasn't Republicans. Republicans were the ones that brought it up from the very, very beginning. Right. And they were accused, being accused of being racist. Well, it was they were either racist or conspiracy theorists, or I think as I think it was Wall Street Journal said, or racist conspiracy theorists <laughs> combined, combined both of them. Yeah, and that would be the next question. I don't see that they asked that here, but that'd be the next question I'd ask in the polling. Why? Mm. Why did Americans cover? Why, why did U.S. officials cover up? Why did the Biden administration? Officials cover it up. Are you suspicious that this president is compromised from the Chinese anonymous Chinese donors, many anonymous Chinese donors and other Chinese interests that have enriched his family and his foundations? Do you believe that our funding paid for it and therefore is responsible for it? Exactly. That they that they I would ask that question. Then I would ask the second question because Fauci didn't care about Biden. Right. Right. Yeah. So that would be no, the next right. question. So the next question would yeah. be, uh, you think we were embarrassed that we actually taxpayer money funded the research for a virus that killed a million Americans? Hmm. Uh, overall, uh, 43% gave a good grade to hmm. U.S. public health officials in handling the virus. 55% graded them fair to poor. Only 1% were not sure. Wow. That's really low. I I know. Have you seen any poll poll recently where the I don't knows were only 1%? Uh, Paul Bernard put all this together in the Washington Examiner. He goes, Mm. the the survey is crushing evidence that most haven't believed Washington and the liberal media spin on the virus for a while, and it's just not Trump supporters. Majorities of every political category. 81% of Republicans, 53% of Democrats, Mm. and 66% of independents already believed before the FBI or before, because this goes back to last year then. Yeah. This is before all of this. 81% of Republicans, 53% of Democrats, and 66% of independents already believed the virus came from a Chinese lab. Hmm. Oh, before the recent report from the Energy Department confirmed the conclusion. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's different than the other question that actually went back to the FBI. Okay. So, so All right. Okay. 
says the Rasmussen analysis. Hmm. Wow. So the majority of Democrats already believed before the Energy Department that it came from the lab. Hmm. Uh, majorities of every political category, 55% of Democrats, 77% of Republicans, and 61% of independents think it is at least somewhat likely that some U.S. officials were involved in a cover-up of Chinese China's role in the COVID-19 pandemic. Wow. And now we know. That is really interesting. Because... And and really, not I guess not surprising though, because if you if you look at it, it's it's human nature. It would be instinct that you would want to know what caused it, and that you could apply things in a very, I think, basic way. If you you look at the very, I don't know, reasonable, otherwise mundane bit that John Stewart did. Yeah. Because there's the question. Why did Stewart feel like, and he did it on Colbert's show, the opposite of far right wing. Why did he feel empowered? Why did he feel like, it wasn't just about it being funny. It was the content of that joke. He wanted to make that point. And he felt like he could for a reason. I don't know what the polls showed back when he said it. But you look at that and 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 honestly, you know, all of this really stands to reason. You ever trip over something on the sidewalk? You're, you're walking. And, <laughs> and what do you do immediately? You look back. Why do you look back? And there's a... There's a bit, I forget who the comedian was back in the day. It was David Brenner or somebody who did it. And why do you always look back? I mean, you've already tripped over it. You're already past it. Why do you, well, you look back instinctively because you want to make sure that if you ever come across that again, that you know that that place in the sidewalk exists, whatever it was mm-hmm. that you tripped over. You want to prevent that from happening. It's our instinct to go to the cause of things, especially something that, this generation hasn't seen a worldwide pandemic, and then you apply reason to it. Does it stand reasonable that it's a lab leak? Well, I don't know. Were they what were they doing in the lab, working with this virus? Oh, humans were involved. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's why I think it's imperative, and I haven't seen a story where the Republicans call, I think it's Dr. Christian Anderson and then the other doctor that said initially that they believed that it was lab-related and then two days later changed their mind. They need them under oath. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because that's where it all starts, right there. Right. That's where it starts, this push with Fauci, uh, you know, and then followed two months later when he was standing next to Trump and talked about the new study, you know, the new research uh, out there. And uh, he doesn't know, you know, he'll, he'll get you the authors who the authors were. He knew exactly who they were because he was the one 
that arranged to put the entire study together, and he pretended as if it was an independent study outside of his his purview. Right. There's a problem there because that, you know, we talk about when you start connecting the dots, but why would doctors on a virus? First off, I would, you know, because one of them said, you know, the evolutionary pattern just isn't there. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is, this has to be, and that's really what it came down to. The Department of Energy, they believe in others, actually looked at the, the DNA sequence, and there's something in the DNA sequence that's only found in this COVID virus that they can't find in any other COVID virus mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Plus, it wasn't like SARS and MERS, as uh, the uh, the former the uh, a, a former CDC official uh, was it uh, Redfield, mm. as as he said just in the last uh, week. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's made he made that comment two years ago. Right, he said this just stinks, and he was then viewed as fringe. Right. And then everything that we saw, the Great Barrington Declaration and and, uh, you know, that the lockdowns didn't work and the masks and everything else. And they were called fringe and conspiracy theorists. And they were all right. And remember, this is something that killed a million Americans. Right. And affected every single American in some way. And that's why the Republicans need on this one to stick with this. You know, and and pound this along with inflation and other things. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, everything changed. The nature of supply chains changed. Yeah. The the yeah. the nature yeah. of of work changed. Everything we see today, all the inflation we see today, is a direct result of the government response yep. and the incorrect response to COVID. Right. Think about it. The inflation and nobody. I don't think anybody's worded it this way. Oh, okay. Let me pat myself on the back here. Uh, but everything we see today with inflation is totally related to how the government wrongly handled COVID. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to, I just came up with that and I'm trying to find a flaw in my argument. No, I, well, I, I mean, I think we've been saying that all along. Yeah. It was the, it was the, uh, bloated response and right. unlimited, they believed, spending after covid that led to all this right. and and this was always going to be the case that ba- kind of spending right based on the wrong decisions mm-hmm. of the lockdown yeah right of course and and i think those are the things that you know that you you look back and and say and honestly i guess it's a bit refreshing that that According to the polls, and and we're seeing it more and more too, how people are talking about it, that we got down to the reality sooner than I thought maybe we would. I didn't have confidence that so many people would look at it and go, okay, that was the wrong thing to do. This is what we believe has happened, and, and this is what we can't do in the future. It seems as if there is more clarity sooner than I anticipated that to happen. It happened faster. Yeah. And, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. I, I, and I agree. that, that's, that gives me at least yeah. some hope. 866 Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at 866 90 Red Eye. Listen to Red Eye Radio wherever you are with the Red Eye Radio app. Available on Android and iPhone. Download it now from the App Store or by visiting us at redeyeradioshow.com.
Eric Harley here for my friends at Valley Chrome Plating. Drivers, are you looking to outshine everyone rolling down the road? Head to Valley Chrome Plating, your one-stop shop for premium chrome bumpers and accessories. Their full line of industry leaders. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. By the way, coming uh, up following the bottom of the hour, we'll play... We'll play that audio from John Stewart back from uh, June of, of, of 21. Good. You know, he had talked about it and said he was just eviscerated for that. Yeah. I mean, the left yeah. went crazy at him, you know, when he talked about the, the uh, you know, the virus coming from the, uh, the lab. But it was, it's, it was, it's a funny, funny bit at that time. But when you think about it, that was June of 21. Yeah, you know, and, and and it 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 just uh, and I remember at the time the left just went crazy over it, and that's the one thing that we can't forget. And I don't think this is something that we will forget. We had talked about earlier what should the Republicans be focusing on, and we said, look, you need to focus on everything. And if you're a political party, you're going to look at the Democratic Party. You're going to say, look, they lie about every major issue, and January sixth is one of them. But as we stated. January 6th uh, is not on people's minds. January 6th did not affect 99.999999% of the population. Yep. And so, yeah, they, they might have been, they might have looked at it that day and were horrified or, uh, you know, thought something else happened, whatever. But they weren't affected by it. Everybody was affected by COVID. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah. Everyone was affected yep. by COVID in, in some way. And when you look at this, where, you know, you look and you say, my God, the government d- didn't tell us the truth. The government did so many wrong things that changed our lives and in many cases changed people's lives forever. And the wrong things that they did weren't the right things to do and weren't based on the actual science at the time and then there seemed to be no interest on finding out where the origin of this came from, from the left in this country. Mm-hmm. And you ask yourself, why not? And we've asked that question for the longest time. Well, why can't you bring it up? It's a theory. Yeah. How would that affect any way how people behave? If you got the science wrong, but you didn't know at that moment that you got the science wrong and you thought you were giving the best available evidence at that time, well, that's one thing. And you can go back and forth on it. But when the origin of the virus, there's a couple of theories out there, and you immediately discount one of them and ban that from being talked about, and you can't tell us why specifically. And then you find out you've been wrong about everything. Uh, you know, Not everything, but you've been wrong about the majority of things on COVID that we were told was wrong. Yeah, right. And then we find out, well, you were trying to hide the truth here. Well, where else were you trying to hide the truth? And why were you trying to hide the truth? And and over and over again to the point that, and, and honestly, I would love to know if, uh, if the FBI was involved at all with social media like they were the whole Hunter Biden thing. No, that's a great point. I would that's love to know point, what yeah. kind of manipulation there might have been or influence there might have been with social media because it was being shut down. Even, even the conversation couldn't happen.
threat to democracy if you don't download our app, mm-hmm. Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, you ready? Uh, I, I want to play this because uh, we, we were doing the, the polling showing that the majority of Americans, the majority of Democrats, the majority of Republicans, and the majority of independents all believed, even before the FBI and uh, the Department of Energy came out and said they suspect it was the uh, the virus came from the Wuhan lab, mm-hmm. the majority across the board thought it was already. Yeah. The majority of Democrats thought it was. Mm-hmm. That's a huge problem. But we go back to the middle, and I don't know, maybe, you know, we, we were wondering... You know, how much of an impact did John Stewart have when John Stewart did that? Because he was eviscerated by liberals after. And he had talked about that recently. That it was unbelievable, the response from the left of how dare he, you know, how dare he do that. But we just want to go back and play it because I think it's important to play it. Because it's you think about a moment in history. Because this is going to go down in the history books. Yeah. And you think about sure. it. Because this was a pandemic. There's a pandemic and uh, the government and the, the, the CDC was doing everything to keep us from getting closer to the truth. Mm. You think about it in a pandemic, and this compares to the 1917 pandemic, when you think about it, how it affected society and how long... It has, and it affected everyone, still affecting people today because the inflation you see today is based on the wrong decisions of government yeah. during the pandemic. Right. So everyone has has felt it, and the government was either lying about it or at the minimum um, was lying about it <laughs> because they were trying to ban... They didn't know. They didn't know which theory was correct. They had no idea. So either way, they were lying. Mm, yeah. And you think about that, such a, a big lie for the origin of a virus in a pandemic from the medical people that then goes to the rest of government and all the media embrace to shut down any discussion of it yeah. is unprecedented in American history. That's why I'll be part of the history books. And this might have been, and I don't know. I mean, it, it, I know it had a, it hit me a lot because I went, wow, John Stewart's a liberal. He's as liberal as you can get. Mm-hmm. And he is saying this was a lab leak. And this was almost two years ago, yeah. June of 2021, yeah. when he was on Colbert. Here's part of it. And it's still funny, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's still funny. Here it we is. go. All right. I, I, and I honestly mean this. I think we owe a great debt of gratitude to science. Science has, in many ways, helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. <laughs> And that's kind of... Hold on a second. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. I'll, it's I'll, coffee. I wouldn't I'm, do that I'm to you. I wouldn't do that to you. I'm so what, what do you, takes, but what do you, what, 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 what do you mean by that? Do you mean like well, so this was perhaps a, this, there was a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance? 
Well, but I, so, I, 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 oh my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they I, ask I, those scientists, they're like, how did this... So wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no. I, you, you, the wait, name wait, of your lab, wait. if you look at the name, look at the name. Can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. Okay, wait, okay, wait, okay. wait, okay. wait a second. Wait a what second. about this? What about wait this? Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the <laughs> chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. That could be. That now, the interesting thing is when he first brought it up, I mean, this should have been the indication because yeah. Colbert's audience is as liberal as you can get. Yeah. And has been for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. When he said the science, everybody knew where Stewart was going yep. in that audience. Yep. And they were applauding. Yep. They were cheering. It wasn't like, ooh. Yeah. And so when you see that, you know, half of Democrats say that they believed it came from the lab and this was before the FBI or the Department of Energy mm -hmm. made their announcements that that's what they believe is the most likely suspect, it shows that that thought process was in liberals' heads already. These are rank-and-file yep. liberals in the, in the audience, which tells you then that the backlash against him, John Stewart, that followed this, Media was orchestrated. Yeah. There's no way it wasn't. A lot of it was media-driven mm -hmm. because they were sticking with that narrative no matter what. They were part of the censoring mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. How dare you go against our narrative? We built this narrative just like we built the lab in Wuhan. <laughs> <laughs> we worked hard on both. How dare you tear it down in one very funny bit. And just to go over it again... 67% uh, said they already believed that the virus came from the Wuhan lab, a mm. claim made during the early days. As we know, Republicans were the ones that first came out with it. Just 20% said that they were surprised when, an energy, when the Energy Department and the FBI said the lab leak theory was the most likely source of the virus. So that was 67% believe before the fbi and the fbi was last year sometime yeah right i forgot right. when the fbi yeah. uh the fbi said it yeah it was uh i think it was in november <clears throat> either october or november 65 percent suspected that u.s officials were involved in the cover-up to hide china's role in the pandemic mm -hmm. 
then they found that majorities of every political category, 81% of Republicans, 53% of Democrats, and 66% of unaffiliated voters already believe the virus came from the Chinese lab before the recent Energy Department confirmed the conclusion. So after the FBI did it last year, I mean, so this mindset has been in even Democrats, the majority of Democrats have been thinking about this for almost a year. That's a, that's what they believe. That's unbelievable when you think about it. And it does, it shows a couple of things. Nobody was buying what, nobody was buying what Fauci and the media were selling them. It means that everybody understands the massive censoring, uh, that went on, uh, at that time. And it means that the majority of Democrats know that the liberal media was lying to them and was trying to censor what they already knew was the truth. Yeah. And look, the narrative exists for a reason. Why? I'm with you. I'd love to see what people think. Why do you think the narrative existed? Why do you think there was a cover-up? Why do you think it happened the way it happened? Right. And there'd be a couple of questions there. It's like, you know, why do you believe that that now that we, we know that obviously Fauci was pushing the emails already exist. The emails, the 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 uh, the uh, evidence exists mm-hmm. that you know we don't know why. You can guess why was Fauci attempting to push one of the theories because they were both theories. Mm-hmm. They're still both theories. Yeah. Right. But everything is leaning and has when it first came out, everything is leaning towards the lab leak. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see. And as I said, that's why they need to get those two doctors, those two virologists who were part of the uh, report and part of the early decision making who told Fauci in that meeting late in late January of 2020 that this thing they believed came from a lab. And two days later, they changed their mind. Right. How did that happen? Those are the things you need to get to the bottom of. And so the question would be, why did Fauci do it? Well, What's the money trail? The money trail is American taxpayer dollars were going to fund that Wuhan lab. Mm-hmm. So did American taxpayer dollars, were they the cause or a part of the cause of a virus that killed a million Americans as our government, especially Democrats, have no interest in challenging the Chinese government? And did we do that because we funded it and we didn't want the American public to find out. Right. Then the next one would be, why hasn't Biden challenged the Chinese? Yeah, he might have said, okay, I want everybody, I want my agencies to do a report, but he's never challenged the Chinese and said, look, we believe it came from the lab. You need to allow us in there. Yeah. As he should have done a long time ago. Right. When it was still, a th- when we still were at the point of January of, excuse me, of of, uh, of 21, whatever, when he came in, 21, the questions were still out there. It was, everything was moving towards the lab leak theory. He should have been challenging the Chinese from day one. Trump did. Yep. Why didn't Biden challenge the Chinese? Because they're saying, well, he told the, he told the energy department and he told uh, intelligence agencies. Well, I know that, but he didn't challenge the Chinese. He didn't really go where, what, would might cause some uncomfortable politics 
well, why did he do that? And the other the question at that point would be, is he compromised by the Chinese money? Well, that's it. And and there has to be this massive public pressure mm-hmm. campaign in order to get to the bottom of it. Because through that public pressure, this is why I'm interested in, to see how the American public feels about it, because you don't build that kind of uh, consensus and demand for answers without that public sentiment behind it. And you have it. And I believe you have it now. And I and then you take your allies to the to the Chinese and you say, we'll all choke you out. The sanctions will be massive and relentless unless you give us access and answers. Do I expect to get 100 percent? No, but you you start there. Eight, six, six, 90 red eye. We'll be right back with more red eye radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Cronin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. You know, we were following, we were trying to connect the dots, and, and I have not heard yet. Maybe it happened, uh, but I did not hear any Republican leaders say, well, the key is, or even Rand, and we'll get to the Rand Paul story too. Uh, maybe Rand Paul said it yesterday. I'll have to check. If anybody would say it, he probably would. Hmm. Why did those two doctors change their mind? How come we don't, how come we're not calling for them to testify under oath? That's the key. The two doctors who changed their mind that initially end of January of 2020 said uh, COVID, we believe, came from, you know, a, you know, it was man-made. Right. It doesn't come from nature. Why did they change their mind two days later? You get them under oath. Right. I, I think I, that's imperative. And, and I would assume that would be something that you would expect Republicans to publicize. Yeah, absolutely. Would be screaming, all right, this happened these these two are the key to what Fauci was trying to do. Right. Because at that point they're the ones who they're the ones who you get to flip on Fauci. Yes. Or that's what you would hope to, unless there's a legitimate reason. But if well, there was a legitimate reason for them to change their mind, I have a feeling we would have heard from Fauci on it or the two doctors already. Yeah, I would think so. And you would at the very least compare the answers given. By all of them. In the yeah. setting that if you're, if you're going to bring them forward and have them testify now, then you take those yeah. answers and you compare them to the answers. Because clearly something happened. And it would be, you'd be hard-pressed to convince me that, they're in for, that the information changed, that they had it wrong completely. Right. They did a 180 in a couple of days right. why that's the question were you told something by somebody did you miss something right and, and this is where you need virologists also consulting with the republicans mm-hmm. because if they're testifying they could be bsing them with <laughs> medical gobbledygook and mm. they they would know right Rand paul might but <laughs> mm.
is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America, he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Oh, we're Red Eye Radio, by the way. Around the world, universe, solar system, black holes, whatever. Labs in Wuhan. Labs in Wuhan. We're everywhere. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. It is virus-free, and uh, you can listen when and where you want if you can't listen uh, overnight. Earlier in the show, we were talking about uh, conservative uh, versus uh, uh, liberal. Let's... uh, uh, let's continue the discussion on what a conservative is. In fact, I'm going to share with you a very simple story, which is that I went home one day and I said, well, what's, why are conservatives bad, Mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve things. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't reconcile it. Now I can. <laughs> there you go. I was just trying to find an excuse to play that again. Yeah. Really, that was all. That was... Yeah. Simply, I I figure that, you know, even though we must service the listener, mm-hmm. the the customer, we have to entertain ourselves, don't we? Yeah, and then we also have to eventually drive them away. We can't have listeners forever, <laughs> and that will help drive them away. Yeah, <laughs> it's shocking that nobody's mentioning her as the one to take Joe's place. No. Well, you, what, we don't know why. Here's the thing. The, the, Misogyny the and media racism. Just, it's as if she doesn't exist. exist. I know. Well, who do you think it could be? Could it be, hmm, let's see, uh, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom? Oh, maybe so. Uh, Pritzker? Maybe <laughs> what about the governor of New York? Hillary? Could be. What about Hillary? Hillary? What about Rick Perry? They never <laughs> mention anybody before they mention her. Maybe John Kasich will flip? Yeah. <laughs> what about Joe Manchin? He's a maverick. Uh, okay, uh, M- uh, Michelle Obama. Yeah, Michelle yeah. Obama. What What about... What about Anybody but her. John Kerry. Yes. John Kerry's name came up. Right. Maybe we should bring back John Kerry. Huh? And they just and and they just pretend she doesn't exist. That's how bad it is. And and the polls show it. As you know, the, the problem mm-hmm. is and and Biden's numbers aren't great. Hers are even worse. All right. Let's talk polling. All right. Rasmussen polling, which mm. does likely voters. Mm. At one point, probably a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. maybe a little over a year ago, okay. had Biden at minus 27. Mm-hmm. You know, his... His favorability ratings were like, remember, 34, 33%. Yeah. And now Rasmussen, with everything going on here, has by the other day, Biden's approval was at 
48%. Which poll is wrong? Right. Which poll was wrong? Yeah, right. There is no way. You can't reconcile that. No way you can reconcile it that it's come up to the point. And now that's only Rasmussen. You look at Civics. Civics is still like 12, 13, anywhere between 12 and 15 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's underwater on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. But Rasmussen, remember, had him way, way down to the point of we thought he might reach 30. Remember, he might meet minus what has what has changed? What has changed since then? Right. And so I just, I had to bring that up because I was looking at that poll going, all right, were they wrong then? Or are they wrong now? Well, I mean. Are you telling me it's that accurate where there's been that kind of a massive positive shift with uh, Biden? Tell me where the win has been. There hasn't been one. The closest you could say would be temporarily was the Ukraine visit, but immediately that brought questions of, well, what's the definition of victory and how much money are we going to spend? And then when you saw the polls come out that say, you know, we're, we'll do whatever we need to do, and the media was going yes, and then you look at the, the polling from the public, the public doesn't want to spend one-third of what we spent actually last year. on on ukraine so that ended up not being a win and that disappeared we said it would after a couple of days it would disappear and that disappeared and you still have the questions on uh who was it uh let me just let me i think let me find it here because i think it was news nation uh was out still interviewing people in east palestine the other day yeah right uh let me find it here here's here's um one resident here for this is from is this from News Nation? I believe yeah, I believe this is News Nation. Here we go. All right. I have no words for that man. Honestly. I he should have been here a long time ago. Okay, that's one resident. Hmm. Here is a an, another uh uh resident, and this is News Nation again. You know, and, and so it's News Nation, so at least seven people saw this. If if yeah. if the if the entire staff at News Nation was watching, right, yes, <laughs> but but here's here's this here. If uh, President Joe Biden came to East, Biden's hiding. What, what what would be the message that you would have for the president if he did come here? He's not going to come. There ain't no message. He should have already been here. That's still that's it's, still and and then he. But the thing is, here's the point. Never underestimate <laughs> Joe Biden's ability to F things up, as Obama said. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, it was Joe Biden late last week that came out and said, no, I'm going to go. Right. And so now this week, all the liberal media, when are you going to go? When are you going to go? When are you going to go? So liberal media is down there, you know, down there, up there. <clears throat> Over there. If, if, not, if, if North is up, mm-hmm. and I always get criticized for that, North isn't necessarily up. Mm-hmm. Depends right, on where you're right. coming from. Right. Exactly, right. Uh, and and so uh, the media is asking the question: Why isn't he there? When is he going to go? When is he going to go? He has no plans. <laughs> he said he did have plans. Well, he has plans, but uh, he's not going to tell you when that might be because it could be in the next uh, well couple of years. And it's just it's just horrible. It's just well, we said bad. that it's 
too late to go. I would have advised him last week. I said, you can't go now. It's, <laughs> it's far too late because the only question is, where have you been? And that's exactly what's going on. That's how this is playing out. It's how it was always going to play out because Joe Biden botched it again. You have a multi-billion dollar corporation responsible for a chemical spill in working class America. And you didn't put your super as a liberal, you didn't put your Superman cape on and beat everybody there. And that's why liberals and liberals in the media are furious. And then think about this, you know, forget about going after Republicans. Look how Biden has sabotaged his Democratic Party. Right. They feel by him not recognizing this and Buttigieg not being out there immediately or really Biden being there, but uh, the and everybody's in agreement. There, the media isn't. There aren't very many people in the mainstream media saying he's done a wonderful job here. They're saying the opposite. He should have been there. Yep. And and the fact they were furious that Trump got there first. Yeah. Buttigieg was asked the question. I think it was on. I think it was CNN or he Bloomberg. Bowed I it off. Oh, he was just livid oh. about that. No, I didn't go because Trump went. It's just like, oh. And we said it. We were like, okay, he's going and now he's going. He's going to arrive after Trump arrives. There's no way to clean that up. No. I mean, politically, and we spent a lot of time putting on our political hats today where Mm -hmm. we just say politically, you know, what is the the right thing to do? But when you look at at, uh, Biden in there, I mean, that's just such a disaster. And then him saying last week again, oh, okay, I'm going to go. Just not a timetable at the moment. I'm paraphrasing there. Mm-hmm. And then they ask him, okay, they ask Karine Jean-Pierre this week, well, when's he going to go? Well, he has no plans on going at the moment. You just, I mean, the, to answer that way, you should say, uh, hopefully soon. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost as if, okay, Joe's really not going to go. He spoke out of turn he wasn't supposed to talk about it. He's not paying attention to his directions. He's not paying attention to the director. Right. Whoever that <laughs> whoever that is. Uh whoever whoever that may be. And then the whole DC crime bill. Oh I mean, that is just and, and so he's infuriating Democrats right now. Right. Democrats are I mean, the, the members of the House. Now they're viewed that their fear is we're going to be viewed as weak on crime. Right. Because really, most Americans really don't care about home rule or D.C. statehood at all, unless you're in politics and you want uh, involved in politics and you want those extra two Democratic senators. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the public doesn't care about it. But the public does care about crime and they do care when stories come out about Democrats defunding the police. Mm hmm. And Democrats wanting to reduce sentences for violent crime. That's what they really care about. And boom. He comes out and reverses course and says, no, I won't approve of that bill. Yeah. And bam. I mean, it just. uh, I'm not. And then Schumer had to come out. It's so bad that Schumer had to come out and say, I'm going to vote 
you know, I'm going to vote with Biden. And they, they do they officially pull the bill yet? Do they pull it? Uh, they it, yeah, the city I, councilman pulled the pulled, bill the other I, day. I saw that they pulled yeah. the bill. But Schumer yesterday came out and said, you know, that you know, I you know I I will vote for it. Right. Uh, you know, excuse me, I will vote uh, uh, f- for the uh, the uh, resolution mm-hmm. to kill the yeah. the, the, right. the D.C. crime bill. Right. right. And it's just like you're shaking your head. And it's like, as you said, when I said that, you went, well, he just did that in order to support the president, to sh- show the president wasn't right. not alone. It, because that's the but, only way that's the right. that was the last way, right. the only way to really show any party unity is to have Schumer come out and go, oh, yeah, yeah no, no, we're we're all. Yeah. yeah what, what about the ones who already voted? But now you got the rank and file saying leadership now. Exactly. Leadership is screwing us over. Yep. Schumer's screwing us over. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a, compl- it's a zoo. It is. It's a zoo. It, it, it is. And every day it gets worse. Yeah. We're all in lockstep. Wait, the president just turned around. What? He's going the other direction. What, what other, du- there is no other direction. <laughs> This was the direction we're all headed. That way. we've already done it, and, and it's, we've already made our move. And, and, it's, and he's turned around. And it's not just the way he said he would. <laughs> he would that you know how he would vote on it. Yeah, or you know not not uh, put in the veto uh, of it. It's the fact that he told the Democrat members of Congress that's what he was going to do. That he was going to agree <laughs> with them and support the D.C. crime bill. And he, I'm for home rule, I'm for home rule. Then all of a sudden, boom, in one day he reverses it. Because we were on the air talking about reading the articles of Democrats saying the president's going to do this, the president's going to do this, the president's going to do this, and we stand by the president. Then the next day he reverses it like that. Yeah. And Democrats are going crazy and we're like, oh, he's running for re-election. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the next day with Green Jean Pierre, because we played that audio. Mm-hmm. Well, no, he's for statehood. He for, he's for home rule. How can he be? You can't say that. You can't say that. Well, yeah, we can. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you, you can't. Sorry, Pete, Peter, you can't answer for me. That's my answer. Mm-hmm. But the answer doesn't make any sense. That does. It's written down right here. It's, a, it's <laughs> in my binder. It's in my book. <laughs> book of answers. 86690 Red Eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. At the core of Compliance Safety Accountability, or CSA, is FMCSA's Safety Measurement System, or SMS. The SMS uses seven safety improvement categories called BASICs to examine a carrier's on-road performance and potential crash risk. The categories of BASICs are unsafe driving, hours of service compliance, driver fitness, controlled substances and alcohol, vehicle maintenance, hazardous materials compliance, and crash indicator. Under FMCSA's old measurement system, carrier performance was assessed in only four broad categories. Violations or crashes that have occurred within the previous 24 months of performance data are included in CSA calculations, but more recent events are weighted more heavily than older events. Violations or crashes that have happened within the past six months are weighted 33% more than events that occurred six to 12 months ago. And violations that are older than a year are weighted 66% less than recent violations. This allows a carrier to improve their CSA score gradually as they see fewer and fewer violations. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates 
Visit us at jjkeller.com. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Rand Paul accuses uh, Fauci of engaging in a cover-up. Uh, we will get uh, to the specifics uh, on uh, on that. Here we go. ESPN commentator Sage Steele on Monday condemned a recent decision by a Minnesota state court to force USA powerlifting to permit male athletes who identify as transgender to compete against females, unfair to women. She said in the irony of this decision being made during Women's History Month, mm. the hypocrisy continues. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, Michelle Tafoya, a sports journalist who has worked for CBS, ABC, ESPN, and NBC throughout her decades-long career, criticized the move as well. Transgender women have a Y chromosome. Biological women do not. There are genetic differences. Women's sports needs to be protected, Tafoya argued on Twitter on Saturday afternoon. Uh, They were joined in their opposition by the Independent Council on Women's Sports, an organization dedicated to protecting female athletes. Uh, Apparently no liberals are a part of that organization. Mm. Uh, They denounced the Minnesota court order encouraging USA Powerlifting and its state chapter to fight this unjust decision last Thursday. Now, by the way, this is just in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Okay, just so people understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, we discussed this the other day. Here's the interesting question. I don't have ESPN anymore, so I don't get to watch it much. But you really don't see, you've had a few women come out. You've had, um, oh, I can't think of his name, though. No. Uh, Marcellus Wiley who uh, played for the Cowboys and the Bills. Uh, and I believe, I don't know if he's still on Fox Sports 1. I don't have, I don't have, I don't, I cut the cord a year ago, so I don't have any of it. Mm-hmm. But he, he was on there. He's been on there before. I mean, he's the one that came out against Black Lives Matter when he read what they're about. And he goes, no, I can't support this. As a Christian, he couldn't support it. And he was very vocal early on about that. He also has come out and said, I have nothing against, you know, transgenders, but you're not competing against my daughter. A biological man's not competing against my daughter. He said that a couple of weeks ago. Has any of the liberal uh, ESPN or wherever you may find them, sportscasters even touched the transgender issues of males, biological males playing against biological females? I don't remember. I I don't rec- not that I don't remember. I don't recall seen any of them coming forward with a strong stand for women i would think that if you had it would rise to the top in every major news group that would be a big story for that to happen i haven't seen it are they just ignoring it hoping that they never have to confront it (laughs) maybe
Call in and get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Just that uh, story on the ESPN um, uh, anchor coming out and uh, stating the commentator, uh, Sage Steele, uh, against the transgender powerlifting uh, decision from that court. It's drip, 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 but you're seeing slowly women organizing uh, against the liberal transgender activist movement. Uh, it's slower than I would like, but it's still moving in the right direction. Well, because I think it's becoming clear that it's not going to be just a few cases here and, and there. This is orchestrated. Mm-hmm. And the push is going to continue. And at some point, you either have to say, we're going to defend our sport or we're going to give it up. Right. Yeah. That we're going to stand for Title IX or we're going to watch it fall. So and and it and you really haven't had you think about it. I don't know of a major political debate where a candidate has said to a liberal a biological man is not a biological woman. End of story. Yeah, right. The genetics are different. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. You are the misogynist. You are the femophobe. You've always had it from the other side saying you're transphobic, you're this. And because, think about it, how long? If you were called transphobic, that was it. You buried your head and you didn't come out again. Mm-hmm. As we said, we've been covering this for years. You go, excuse me, they're the misogynists. They're the, they're the women haters. They're the one that are allowing men to decide the definition of a woman. My God, fight this. It's ridiculous. Well, they said it. The Obama administration said this is our interpretation of Title IX, which is to say that men belong in that protected group. Right. Wow. <laughs> but, but the, no, but the whole point was to, how dare you? We'll come after you. Right. Department of Justice was involved in that edict. That was part of the joint edict. Department and, of Education, Department of Justice. And we had called out conservatives for being quiet on this for the longest time. Right. Because because we weren't. And we said, stop being on the defensive attack. They're the ones that are intolerant. They're the ones that are redefining definitions, biological definitions. They don't have science on their side. They've got nothing on their side. Yeah, and, I, and, I don't have a yeah. problem walking on eggshells, but I crunch them when I do. Yeah, exactly. I understand that I'm going to crush it. That may be the only time I actually literally crush it. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a headline. Rand Paul accuses Fauci of engaging in cover-up of COVID origins. Uh, this is from Fox. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, former chief medical advisor to the president, was engaged uh, in an elaborate cover-up uh, of the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. Senator Rand Paul said Tuesday, uh, as a GOP-led of ho- led House of Representatives, is set to embark on a select committee investigation uh, into the origins. Paul, a medical doctor who was who has sparred with Fauci, remember how his reputation. Hmm. Rand Paul was just eviscerated by the left. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Not so much today. Mm, nope. Right now. Nope. The last week. Uh, but uh, he's a, a medical doctor, and uh, 
he has uh, you know gone at it with Fauci several times uh, in uh, Senate committee hearings. He told the story that Fauci's behind-the-scenes behavior in an alleged cover-up began in January of 2020. Fauci, the former director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. The reason that Dr. Fauci didn't want any attention drawn to this or to his funding of the lab is that ultimately he would have culpability. There's a responsibility because for years he had advocated for gain-of-function research. Here we are back to that again. Yeah. You and I always said the word games that Fauci was playing early on on this Mm. indicated a problem for him. Right. No, I mean, he really, he was literally playing a game. Yep. He wanted to dance around it, and it should have been... Stop then and there. There's a responsibility because for years he had advocated for gain-of-function research. He's even quoted as saying in 2012, if a pandemic should occur, if a scientist should be bitten by an animal and the virus gets out of the lab, uh, it would be worth the knowledge, end of quote. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins and others orchestrated a cover-up. There are emails between former National Institutes of Health Director Dr. Francis Collins and Dr. Fauci in which Dr. Collins said this wouldn't be good for China. This wouldn't be good for science, meaning that it wouldn't be good for the business of science for the money that changes hand. There's so much going on here, and when the American public finally find out, I mean, there's going to be such dissatisfaction in this country that you can't believe. For example, we know that the National Institutes of Health gave money to American universities who then gave it to military researchers with the title of general and colonel in the Chinese People's Liberation Army. Wow. Hmm. If I said that, I'd have the email there with me at that moment to to prove it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying I'm coming from, I'm playing lawyer now. <laughs> That's, let's keep track of that one. Paul uh, was also asked about American researcher Dr. Peter uh, Daszak, the lead at EcoHealth Alliance, who allegedly oversaw funding to gain a, a function or gain a function uh, like research projects. The money definitely went to gain a function research. They would take a known SARS virus. This is the backbone. Uh, uh, or the original SARS from 2003 and 2004. They would go to bat caves 8 to 10 hours a day, find new viruses, take a uh, take the S protein off, and merge them into brand new viruses never before found in nature. Hmm. He also said eight Chinese coronaviruses in the NIH database were taken down by China and were later discovered in the cyber cloud. Wow. 
Representative Brad uh, Wenstrup, the lawmaker leading the new sec, uh, select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic, is doing a competent job looking into the entire uh, situation, Paul added, as the panel reportedly at least not initially invite Fauci to testify. But then who are you going to bring in? Going to bring in those other doctors first? Yeah, right. The other doctors who changed their mind? Right. In two days? I do agree with Dr. Wenstrup and others uh, who are saying, let's gather the information and let's set the foundation for where uh, for where we uh, where we are there. Uh, it is also true that Dr. Fauci can remember all the mandates. He wants to tell you how to wear four masks. He can remember everything, but he can't recall anything he did with setting up that first journal article to justify the cover-up, Paul said. Well, what about the other two doctors? Yeah. This is why it's so critical to, to bring them forward. <laughs> yep. And make them answer questions. It's imperative to have the truth. And it's imperative to go back to the beginning. You know, we can talk about the the response by the federal government, but if we don't go back to the beginning, and my gosh, you go back to Tom Cotton. Yeah. He was talking about the lab theory before many people even knew what COVID was. Yeah, you're right. That's a great point. Yeah. They didn't know. That's insane. Um, yeah. That when you say that and you think about that, it's it's almost it's almost like time travel. It's almost like Tom Cotton went back, learned a bunch of things, knew a bunch of things, or suspected a bunch of things, and then got in the wayback machine and went back to February of 2020. Well, because uh, uh, three years ago, right now. Uh, today, I had flown b- back on a plane from Buffalo. That was my last plane f- flight for 13 months. Right. At that point. My and, gosh. And then it was really, because I, I remember this so well, because that was the 8th. And then I came into work that Sunday night. And then uh, we did Monday show. And then I believe it was... Uh, Tuesday morning show that we came in the 10th mm-hmm. or that when we got the call mm-hmm. that that's when they started shutting everything down right yeah. on the 10th we got the call you know you can't come into the studio mm-hmm. are you ready to do the show <laughs> why what are you talking about <laughs> no we got nothing at home <laughs> not unless it's just between me and my dog yeah it's like what do you no, we have. She's a great audience, but and and then we had stated, you know, because then they talked about equipment. We said, no, we're staying here. We want to, we we want to do the show from here. We're mm-hmm. not, you know, we and so at that point we realized the seriousness of it. But I remember flying back and thinking about it. I also remember flying back because I did I did fly middle of February, and the thought the planes were full, and the planes were full when I was on the eighth, and then a week later the planes were uh, on the eighth of. Uh, March of 2020, a week later, the planes weren't full. Mm-hmm. And then you saw a huge decrease by the time you got to April 1st. It had already been weeks since Tom Cotton had first talked yeah, about exactly. the lab leak. Right. 
So there yeah. are there are a ton of Americans that didn't know. I mean, they might have heard of a coronavirus or whatever right. virus or something, but they weren't. They did. They really didn't have knowledge like they did a month and a half later. By the time we got to April first, right. right. Wow, that's insane to think about. I mean, it just seems like if when you when you when you think about that. It really does. It just seems so bizarre that already questions were coming out about and, 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 and for a reason. This is why it's important to have those two doctors testify. Why did you change your mind? Were you told by anybody that you had to change your mind? Were you told by anybody that you couldn't talk about something specifically that you could not discuss a lab leak theory right were you told by any and those are the the, that's the very go-to question right there were you told by anyone were you given a directive by anyone that you could not discuss it i don't recall Mm -hmm. is that believable nope you we're, changed your mind. You're a doctor, and I don't believe that for one second. Right. We're talking. We're talking. Probably the biggest moment of your life. You're a scientist. Your medical. You're life. not going to forget something that small. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. So think about it. Three years ago today, I, and, and it's haunting because I'm sitting in the exact same place that I was three years ago, uh, you know, uh, this week, but it's when all the COVID stuff began. And think about it. Think about how long, how long people really couldn't do anything for, how many months upon months it was. And think about the things, you know, at this point, Remember, we were supposed to avoid wearing masks. You are going to uh, you're going to deplete the supply, which is intended for the medical workers. And you were I remember standing in line at a post office. And there was somebody wearing a mask, a couple of people in front of me. And that they were the only ones wearing a mask. They were the only person wearing a mask in the entire building. And there were two or three people just giving them the eye. Exactly. I'm like, what am I? What am I missing here? And, and remember, everybody was wiping everything down oh, starting yeah. this week. Right. Wipe everything down. They found out. Mm-hmm. Oh no, sorry, it goes in the air. It didn't stick to surfaces. Right. Uh, I saw. I saw uh, Doctor uh, uh, McCary talking about that last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. He goes, that ended up being false when he was yeah. testifying before. Right. Uh, Congress, and you just, but you think about it. You think about how isolated everyone was for a significant, really for about six months. Yeah. Yeah, it was the world's longest snow day. (laughs) 
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 